Hey, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast from Faith Church located on the north side of Indianapolis. My name is Claire Kingsley. Each week, I'll sit down with one of our preaching pastors to discuss their Sunday sermon. Cut for Time is a look behind the scenes of sermon preparation, and they'll share with us a few things that we didn't hear from the sermon on Sunday. Thanks for listening. Are you still at 6%? I'm at 6%. We got this. We can do it. Okay. We can start with that. All right. Well, um, you might not be feeling 6% like physically or emotionally. I don't know where you're at, but your battery on your computer is at 6%. So we are going to bust out this episode of Cut for Time. Joey, give us a summary. Yes. Okay. Before we get cut for charge, my, my summary of last Sunday, we were looking at the second of the three temptations of Jesus in the wilderness. According to Matthew, this is the one where the devil, the accuser takes Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple, the highest up and the furthest and the closest he can get to God and says, throw yourself off. Why don't you test your relationship with God and find out if he really loves you or not. And Jesus says, look, going back to Deuteronomy six and Moses's big sermon, you don't test God. When God leads you into the wilderness, It's not because he wants you to suffer. It's not because he doesn't love you. It's because he's trying to show you something and you don't test God to find out how much he loves you or not. That was the sermon in a nutshell. Okay, thank you. Um, Is there anything that you wish you could have spent more time on in your sermon? Well, I always enjoy throwing my father-in-law under the bus. So if I could have had half an hour to just talk about the things that the emails he sent me or, or the, uh, the questions. I, so one of the first times I, here, I'll throw in this, this little story as a, uh, just for fun. One of the first times I was at their house, his best friend came over and sat down next to me and said, Joey, what is the purpose of Bible study? And I was like, uh, and so I gave him some answer and he says, wrong. And then we talked for two hours. And he said, we've only gotten started. <laughs> so this is, this, is, uh, this is my wife's dad and his friends. And it was great. So if I, you know, I wish I'd had more time to, uh, uh, to tell everybody how, how uh, extreme he is. So let's also just uh, talk really quickly about that questionnaire that he sent you, that test. Um, yes, yes. If parents of, you know, girls who maybe have boyfriends would like to purchase a copy of said questionnaire, is it available for purchase? Uh, yes. Um, if you go to the Joey Wiesman Needs a Buck Foundation, we have copies for sale. Um, three easy payments of uh, $99.99 each, and we'll get you one. Okay. And does Doug also get some of the profits for creating the questionnaire? Uh, no, because um, now I am paying for his daughter to stay alive, not him. So that's where the money's going. <laughs> okay. Okay. So back on track. Um, uh, back Joey, on track. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you were preaching uh, about a test and um, yeah. <clears throat> about how um, we are called to rest and to be able to say, even if you don't, that I know you still love me. And that reminded me of um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego Sunday school story. Um, Did that ever cross your mind, that connection? Or are there other connections in the Old Testament where we've seen this faith of people Mm -hmm. resting in God and being able to say, even if you don't, Mm -hmm. I know you still are who you say you are. Right. Right. Yeah, it did. Actually, that's where the idea of chain, you know, transforming each prayer from um, God, if you give me this job, right, uh, to God, even if you don't give me this job. Um, 
that came from the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego story. That's kind of, I think, what was in the back of my mind. Because in, in the Old Testament, especially, we get lots of pictures of both sides. We get pictures of people failing at this. You can think of like Gideon laying out the, the, the pelts, right? Um, and testing God. Okay, if there's dew on it, but not on the ground. Okay, no, now if there's dew on the ground, but not on it, right? Um, and it's, look, you don't test the Lord your God, but sometimes even when we test God, he is gracious and condescends to our own sinfulness to say, look, I'm here and I love you, okay? Right. Um, on the flip side, we get some good examples like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego of them saying, no, we know what's right. And even if God doesn't rescue us, we're going to die doing what's right. Um, so it's a great example there. And, and hopefully, you know, none of us are going to get thrown into a fiery furnace or anything like that. Um, but we can take that same kind of mindset uh, and apply it to the areas where we're struggling to test or rest. You know, if, mm -hmm. if the prayer, or even if we don't articulate, if we don't say it out loud, but we kind of feel in our hearts or we, we organize the way we think around, okay, God, here's what needs to happen. I need to see you show up like this. You know, that's, that's not resting, that's testing. So if we can, um, one of our, our former pastors, Bob Blonick, told me after first hour, he's like, just tell people to even out their prayers. Just even out your prayer. Instead of saying, God, if you give me this, I'll believe that you love me. Um, just even it out and say, God, even if you don't give me this, I still believe that you love me. And I, I think that's really the, the, the key transition is not, I need you to do this, but even if you don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, thinking about <clears throat> your own personal story um, mm -hmm. of times where you feel like you've been in the desert. Um, do you think you could have preached the same sermon with this same message in a moment where you felt like you were in a desert? I'm wondering mm. um, if it would have been any different. And for, for people who are actually really desperate right now and they are longing and hurting and they are in that desert space. Um, mm -hmm. It's, it's a different perspective. It's one thing to uh, have this knowledge, um, you know, back pocket knowledge, like, yes, this is something when I am in the desert or when I'm saying, feeling these ways, you know, it's good to remember. It's another thing to like actually be experiencing it in real time. So how would your message like been different or would it have been mm -hmm. the same if you were preaching from a different space in your life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I think I've heard, I've heard it said multiple times that, you know, you're either going into the desert, in the desert or coming out of the desert. Like that's, we're all, we're all there. Right. Mm -hmm. And there, there were things I said first hour that I didn't say second hour and vice versa, because I know the stories of people in the services. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, this, you know, if I say this, this person is going to hear that just, you know, in a way I don't intend because mm -hmm. they're in that desert. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't change the substance of the message at all, but, you know, an illustration yeah. here or there, that sort of thing, because yeah. there are some people in the desert. And I think, especially for us, Western modern Christians, we tend to believe, this is just a basic American belief, that if you're in the desert, you're doing something wrong. Mm. And if you would just apply some new technique or some new productivity measure or some new way of thinking, right, you can get yourself out of the desert, out of the wilderness. Uh, but that's not, 
the way that a Christian is supposed to think. Um, mm -hmm. We are the ones who are supposed to recognize, like the whole book of Hebrews is about this, that all of this life is a wilderness wandering as we go from, uh, from slavery to a promised land in the future. This is all wilderness wandering and it's never supposed to feel like we're not in the desert mm -hmm. um, because we're waiting, you know, we're waiting for that rest that is to come as Hebrews 4 talks about the Sabbath rest that is coming in the future. But even while we're in the wilderness, we have a great high priest who has, uh, you know, who knows what it's like to wander in the wilderness. And so we don't have to wander alone. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think, so I don't particularly feel like I'm in a wilderness period right now or a desert period right now, except for that sort of, you know, baseline in audio engineering, they, they call it the noise floor. You know, when you're in a room recording something, there's always a background hum there and, and you want to get that noise floor as low as possible. I think Christians are the ones who don't try to drown out the noise floor by just shouting louder how happy we are, but actually recognize that as, as not just because we're human beings, but because we're fallen human beings who understand that we are not what we are supposed to be and we are not what we will be and that we're on this pilgrimage through a, a wilderness in into the promised land that like hey we recognize there is a baseline level of lament a baseline yeah. level of wilderness sorrow that we will all go we are all always going through we should always feel that a little bit yeah we, we should always feel i mean and that's what seasons like lent are designed to remind us of that there is a baseline sorrow to this world a sorrow mm -hmm. that is being over has been overcome and is being overcome and will one day be fully uh, mm -hmm. overcome yeah. um so yeah while i don't particularly feel like i'm in a wilderness season right now i've been in wilderness seasons and there it is very difficult in those seasons i recognize very difficult in those seasons to not test god to not cry out if you really loved me yeah um but the Psalms teach us, and we didn't, you know, we didn't have time to go to these other Psalms, but the Psalms teach us that the correct response in the wilderness isn't, do you love me? It's how long, you know, how long until, how long until this is overcome? But not even all of the Psalms are, are the authors able to make that turn into saying, God, I know you love me. How long? I mean, you think of like Psalm 78, is it 78? That ends with like, darkest is my only friend. Darkness is my only friend. Like that's how it ends. There's another one and I'm blanking off the top of my head which one it is, but it basically says like, God, you showed up in the past and you showed up for my parents, but you've never showed up for me, right? It's like, okay, we can say that. You know, we have songs that teach us to say that and to sing that and to, to look to God and say, are you going to show up or not? Will you show up or not? Uh, but one thing, you know, I didn't really develop this in the sermon. In, in the Old Testament, we get often we, we see the call to God to wake up, to do something. It's, in the, it's, it's repeated in the Psalms. It's repeated in the prophetic laments. God, are you going to wake up and do something? That mm -hmm. particular cry is never repeated in the New Testament. Uh, no one ever calls on God to wake up and do something in the New Testament because every New Testament author believes God has definitively done something in the cross of christ in the mm -hmm. death and resurrection of jesus he has done something he he has fulfilled that cry to wake up and do something yeah uh, and so our wilderness wanderings unlike old testament wilderness wanderings are now wanderings in light of a great high priest who knows what it's like to wander in the wilderness with us yeah
Yep. And um, whether we feel like God will act or not, or change our circumstance or our wandering or our desert scenario, it does not have connection to his character. Right. His character right. hasn't changed, even though our circumstances may have. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah. So resting in that and resting <clears throat> when you even have that baseline of noise or baseline of lament and sorrow, um, resting is always necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Psalm, even Psalm ninety-one, the psalm that the that the devil quotes, you know, and misuses to try to convince, you know, convince Jesus, convince us that something that would otherwise be considered sinful, in this in this case, makes a lot of sense, right? Even Psalm ninety-one, while it's saying, "Hey, you know, a thousand fall at one side and ten thousand at your right hand," and all of that, still goes on to say, "You're going to be in trouble. You're going to be in struggle." Uh, but God promises to be with you in it, not save you from it. Um, and, and I think that still that still applies. As long as we're wandering in the wilderness, as long as we are waiting for the day when heaven and earth are uh, come back together, um, we're going to be wandering in this wilderness, doing our best to, you know, create around us what this wilderness will eventually become, which is the the land of promise. But until that day, uh, it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be complete. Yeah. And until that day, we have that promise from Jesus that he says, surely I'll be with you wherever you go. So yeah, even in the yeah. wilderness. Yep. Thanks. Appreciate it. Joey, yeah, where no are we at? I can't believe we lasted. We had 6% battery and where are it's we at? Still, it still says 6%. I Whoa. know it's, it's Mac percentages. So they're nowhere near accurate, I guess. Wow. Well, we were not cut for charge. So that's great. Okay. Glad we made it. All right. Well, this week we're covering the this upcoming Sunday. We're covering the third uh, of Jesus's temptations in the wilderness. Um, and spoiler alert: I'm not preaching it. Pastor Nathan is. So your husband's going to be up there dispensing wisdom. So would you like to interview him for next week? Oh, that would be fun. Do you think it'd be awkward if you did? I just don't think anyone wants to listen to a conversation between the two. Of us. <laughs> so you don't want it to, to Pastor Nathan. Your sermon Sunday was so good. Yeah, that's too weird. <laughs> it's too weird. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll interview him. It'll be fun. Okay, super. So uh, guest interviewer next week, everybody, Joey Weiss. All right. All right. <laughs> Looking forward to it, no Joey. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cut for Time. If you wish to submit questions to our pastors following their sermon, you can email them to podcast at faithliveitout.org or text them into our Faith Church texting number, and we'll do our best to cover it in the week's episode. If this conversation blessed you in any way, we encourage you to share it with others. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week.